I was back making decent money because I went with the flow with it. So it wasn't like, okay, despite all of that, I'm gonna hustle, I'm gonna get stuff done, like I need to do this. It was like, okay, what can I do? And if I can't do X, Y, Z, then I'm not going to, and I'm not gonna give in to the belief that I have to. If you're ready to say yes to your wealthiest and most abundant life, overflowing bank accounts, and a deep sense of inner fulfillment, well, then you are definitely in the right place. Welcome to the Girl Unfiltered podcast. I'm your host, Helena Grace Donald, and I'm a money mindset expert, success, and business coach. But really, all you need to know is that I am obsessed with helping women feel safe and in total flow around money. So let's do this. Hello, loves, and welcome back to the Girl Unfiltered podcast. I am actually recording this introduction to this week's episode from sunny Scotland. (laughs) So I traveled over here a few days ago. I'm currently quarantining right now, Um, but I'm on a little trip to visit my family and mainly to be here for my best friend's wedding. So I'll be working from here, working from my parents' house. (laughs) So juggling all the things, but you bet that I definitely packed my podcast mic. So we will be recording some episodes while I'm here, but I actually recorded this week's episode while I was back in LA with an incredible woman called Taylor Lee. And I honestly want to be business besties with this woman after having that conversation because she is so down to earth and yet so inspirational in what she's achieved and what she's created and how she shows up for herself, for her family and for her business. And if you are a mother or want to be a mother one day, I definitely think this is going to resonate with you on some deep level because she talks very openly and transparently about how she's juggled both. And I was really fascinated by that. So even though I'm recording this intro from Scotland, Taylor Lee was joining me from Connecticut on the East Coast of the US and I was joining her from LA, but here we are and you're probably listening to it from somewhere else in the world. So how amazing and international is this episode? And just to share a little bit about who Taylor Lee is, well, after scaling her online business to six figures in her very first year, and then to seven figures as a new mom, wow, (laughs) Taylor Lee is passionate about showing other women how they can live fully free lives. She believes in keeping business simple, and she helps her clients tap into their unique way of creating their dream incomes with the most ease and joy possible. Now, that definitely sounds like my kind of language, ease, joy, simplicity. And we really open up about the real behind the scenes that she's gone through and the mindset that she's had to apply in order to get to where she is and how she continues to show up for herself. And I'm going to really let this episode just speak for itself, because as soon as we start, you're going to hear just how much even Taylor is going through in her life right now, like as she was joining me live for that episode. And it was pretty remarkable that she was still showing up for the episode. She was still showing up for the podcast and she was still showing up for her business amidst everything happening. And she kept it so real and so honest and so transparent. And I'm so grateful to her 
for keeping that commitment and for the inspiration that she showed me and will, I know as a result, show you. So let's do this. Let's dive into this episode. I feel extremely honored and extremely privileged to have Taylor Lee on the podcast today, not just because you are an incredible inspiration, but because there is so much happening in this season in your life and you're still here joining us for this epic conversation. So I can't thank you enough, Taylor. Oh, oh my gosh. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) Just to fill them in, do you want to just give everyone a rundown of everything that's happening in your life at this current time? (laughs) Oh my gosh. So like we were just talking about, we are mid-move. So I'm doing this interview from an air mattress in my empty bedroom in my empty house. Um, And we leave at the end of the week to move basically crossed the country from Connecticut to Florida. So we just bought our first house together, which is really exciting. We have a 16-month-old little girl, and we're expecting number two, which I just announced like two days ago. So it's perfect time for this podcast because I can finally talk about it, which is a great feeling. And... um you know, just running a seven-figure business at the same time. (laughs) Oh, you know, let's just add that one in. I mean, real talk, like I've been so excited for this conversation um, and the fact that we connected online. And I already thought how cool it was that you were showing up for yourself, showing up for your business and doing all the things. I knew you were moving. We all know what moving is like. And then like two days ago, you announced, oh, I'm also pregnant. I'm like, what the? (laughs) This is insane, but so inspiring. And I just want to take a moment to thank you because I know that motherhood is a season of life I will be stepping into hopefully in in the near future. And to see a woman out there showing up for her business and showing up for her clients and saying it is possible and you can have it all while you have a 16 month old, while you're pregnant, is completely rewriting the story for all of us around what is possible. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for doing that. And I was, I'm just so intrigued to get into this. Like, is that something that you are consciously aware of rewriting even for yourself? Yes. And, you know, when I was pregnant the first time with my daughter, Ruby, I feel like, I don't know anybody who's been through this or, you know, I don't know if you're there yet, but you you just, I feel like you just get baby fever at some point. Not all women decide to be moms, but the ones that do, it's like, I feel like you just get baby fever at some point. Oh, I'm full on like high temperature baby fever right now. So I can't, (laughs) you cannot turn it off. Yeah. You really stop caring about anything else except having a baby. And so I went through that. So I didn't even really like think about I just wasn't worried about it. I didn't think about what it would mean for my business. And then once I was pregnant, it was like, uh oh. And I really overcomplicated everything about being a mom and running a business. And I'm sure people listening have been through this too, because it's more common than it spoke about. But I had a miscarriage right before that. So mm-hmm. I feel like I entered the pregnancy already with a lot of fear. Mm-hmm. I feel like rightfully so. It's a very scary thing. And then that just brought into my business. So that was just nine months of like, learning curve, right? The whole, and I had the easiest pregnancy in the world, but yet at the same time, I was like, but what if I, when I first found out, I'm like, okay, I could sign clients and I'm like, what if I get sick? What if I can't teach a module because I have morning sickness? What if I'm, you know, bedridden and I can't show up for my clients? What if something happens again? And I'm 
you know, upset or whatever. And, and then second trimesters when everything's better, but then it was like, yeah, but what if in the third trimester I'm exhausted again? And I had the easiest pregnancy in the world, but I spent the whole pregnancy waiting for things to get hard and to not be able to run my business instead of trusting that it would all unfold perfectly. And I would be able to handle whatever life um, threw at me. And then I'm nine months pregnant, completely annoyed at myself for how I've handled the pregnancy, even though it was the easiest pregnancy in the world. And I just made a decision right before she was born. I feel like it came through intuitively and it came through over time at the same, at the same time. And it was just like downloaded into me at all at once, all kinds of feelings around it. But just like the word flow came through and I really committed that I was just going to go with the flow. What that meant for me was like, I was going to trust the journey of, you know, having this baby and being a new mom. And you have no clue. You don't know what your baby's going to be like. You don't know how they're going to sleep. And the thing too about being a mom is when they're first born and they're a baby, they change like every, they change every day, but like everything (laughs) changes every few months. Like their personality changes, their sleep schedule changes, their nap schedule, how they eat, like everything changes constantly. So you never like get good at it. (laughs) You get the hang of it. You're like, I'm killing this finally. And then their baby changes the next day. So anyway, I just went with the flow with that. I made a ton of new beliefs around motherhood. Like I just really committed, like, I'm not going to let this that I wanted so badly. And that has worked out so beautifully hold me back. I could go on Mm -hmm. and on and on, but that's essentially what led me to like really deciding to have a very strong perspective around this. Mm, Yeah. And I mean, we love talking about the beliefs and the stories that we tell ourselves here. And so I would love to know, like, was there a moment where you consciously or you actively started rewriting what motherhood meant for you? Because you are redefining what we are taught. So like, it's really powerful. And I just would love to know what some of those new beliefs or shifts or um, reprogrammed feelings were for you. Yeah. Well, when I um, was about to have her, I was also ending with a coach I was working with who it was an amazing experience and I love her, but she wasn't a mom. And mm. I don't think you have to have a coach that's a mom just cause you're a mom mm. at, at all. But I wanted that. Right. I was like, I want to, but I want both. Like I want a coach who's like multi-millionaire. Cause I knew I was going to seven figures. I wanted someone if, like who's been there, done that could do it in their sleep. And was a mom and had ease and had balance, wasn't overly strategic, but had like, I knew exactly what I wanted in a coach Mm -hmm. and I could not find anybody. Now I'm not saying they don't exist, but I could not find them. And I could have gone a little victim-y with that, right? There's no proof. Where are they? Maybe I can't do it. Mm. And I truly just decided like, I have to be that because there has to be this person. And again, I'm sure there are others. Now I have friends who are doing the same thing as me, right? Like other people are doing this, but there's not a lot, Mm. you know, and there's a lot of women who are moms, new moms, pregnant, want to start their family in the next year or two. And they're looking for the same thing. So I decided to be that. And I think anybody can do that no matter what. At first, I couldn't find anyone who was 20, 21, 22, who was making six figures. So I became that, right? And then as life evolves, you can become the leader that you're looking for, which is very, it's a very powerful decision. And the beliefs I stepped into with motherhood, I mean, I was just looking at like, what are the things that could get in my way, right? Like, what if I'm tired? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I, I just was saying stuff like, 
Um, the amount of sleep that I get is the amount of sleep that I'm meant to get. The amount of energy I have is the amount of energy I'm meant to have. The clients that come into my world at this time are the clients that are meant to be in my world at this time. My baby is the perfect baby for me. However needy my baby is today is exactly how needy she is supposed to be because we use all of that as reasons why we can't be successful or do what we want to do. And that's where flow comes in too, right? So it wasn't like, okay, I got no sleep last night. My child is just attached to my hip, right? And I'm like so exhausted. And that's the other thing about having a baby that like a newborn at least. Like I remember when she was like almost three months old having like a breakdown, to be honest, where I was like, I haven't had a moment to even think in months. It's hard. Yeah. But I was back making decent money because I went with the flow with it. So it wasn't like, okay, despite all of that, I'm going to hustle. I'm going to get stuff done. Like I need to do this. It was like, okay, what can I do? And if I can't do X, Y, Z, then I'm not going to, and I'm not going to give into the belief that I have to. Mm. So I showed up, I took like a few weeks off and then I started showing up slowly. I just continually do less and less and less and less and less than I ever have before. As I build the belief up around that that's even possible yeah. But really that, do you get what I'm saying about the flow? Totally. Like that is so important not to force it, but then also like not to just throw the towel and like, okay, well, I can't, I'm too busy. I don't have the energy. This is too hard. More like, okay, well, what can I do? How mm. can this work for me? How can this be easier? Yeah. And what I kind of hear when I listen to that, almost like reading intuitively through the lines is that your why was so strong that you weren't, and your subconscious beliefs as well, because I work with my clients a lot on subconscious beliefs. And what can often happen is what you're describing is like, well, I'll look for proof on a conscious level as to why this isn't going to work out. So my baby didn't sleep. So no, I can't show up or this is going to happen. So I can't do this or like, and we block ourselves really on a mental, like with our mindset, a mental level. And I feel like it's so inspiring to hear you were actually doing the opposite, like looking for the proof of why it still gets to work out, which is why it did. Like it really comes down to that. Yeah. I just, I just feel like there's a lot of conversation in the coaching industry of how like, I don't know, like luxury branding. I have conversations with my clients a lot about that. And a lot of I don't even think a lot, like a few people, you know, like a section of the industry is really like big on putting up this like facade of perfection. And Mm. I think that those women doing that are beautiful and are amazing and do have that kind of money and wealth. Like it's not, it could be fake in some ways, but that's not even my point. My point is that like, and then there also gets to be like real life people. Like, and so if I didn't get a lot of sleep, I just told my audience that, right. Instead of trying to like fake it, it's like, just really showing the truth. And what's funny is that naturally that made some people want to work with me because they wanted the same life. They wanted the same thing. Well, I felt tired and no clue what I was doing at all and barely getting the hang of things. People were actually inspired by that. Instead of me trying to make it look like I knew exactly what I was doing and this was so easy and a breeze and I was still killing it in business. (laughs) Like I just was super honest and transparent and people liked that. Yeah. And I think that's what we don't realize is like, oh, people are going to think this if I'm, if I'm tired, people are going to think this if I am, you know, whatever, whatever, if I don't show up a lot, if I don't put this type of branding out there, it's like, honestly, no, because there's people who really value that and want that kind of brand. And then there's people who really value your, mm-hmm. like what your life looks like and want that type of business and brand. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think we have a lot of conversations on the podcast about authenticity too, and how, you know, there's an overflow of clients out there and we shouldn't be thinking we have to be like somebody else in order to attract or receive the clients that we want. Because at the end of the day, you being your authentic self, you stepping powerfully into authentically being a mother who is juggling all of those things attracts your ideal client to you who may be a different kind of type of client for somebody else. So right. you actually stepping into that probably created even more overflow for you, do you feel? Yeah, I think it was that I chose to be the leader that I needed, yeah. right? And I always give that advice to clients with programs too. Like instead of trying to create the program that will make you all of the money, you know, which I've been there, done that, hired people just to like take their business model and their way of, you know, structuring their offerings. Just make the program that you wish was out there. Right. Totally. Like same thing with just your brand, your leadership, your content. It's like, what do you wish was there? Choose to be that person, show up as that person. And things really do line up pretty quickly from that alone. Yeah. It's so, so true. I also just want to go back to what you were saying about how it's like, you realize now like the less and less you do, the more and more I'm guessing you make and the more you step powerfully into your seven figure business, which you've created. Was that like, what does that look like for you in the simplification, <laughs> especially as you did start stepping into that motherhood role as well? So with doing less, it's, I think sometimes when we try to get our mindset around ease and doing less, it feels a little too fluffy. I, I don't know. It's <laughs> like, it feels like we try to create beliefs like, well, it gets to be easy for me. And it's just, it feels like, we don't really believe that though. Like, does it? Why? What's special about me? Why does it get to be easy for me? And, and that's what blocks a lot of people, right? Yeah. Why does it get to be easy for me when I see so-and-so, especially when it's your parents or, you know, people in your life where you're like, they work so freaking hard and barely pay the bills. And I'm over here, you know, with the affirmation all day, it gets to be easy. It gets to be, it doesn't click for most people that way. So for me, logically looking at these things that we think are required and like, really thinking about them instead of just thinking like, well, yeah, so-and-so said to do X, Y, Z and you'll make blah, blah, blah amount of money. It's like, okay, I think that I have to get on my stories every day and go on and on and on and on about my program. Sometimes I don't want to do that. Like sometimes I don't even have the time to do that. It's like, but why does that work? And does it really work? What's the difference of just putting up a couple story slides, swiping up to my program and a couple more slides about my day, whether they're video or not, Like when I thought about, to me, it's like, there's no difference. Like I could either talk or I could just do something super, super simple. Some people do sales pages, some don't. That's not the point here. But in my mind, it was like, I do sales pages anyway. Those are easy for me. And I feel like they're more effective for me than selling in the DMs because it's like, it holds all the details. It holds the energy. I don't have to go on and on. If I can just get you to the page, you'll figure out if you want to buy or not. Which means honestly, my content can be a little more flirty, mysterious, short, like, I don't know. I just like, I just started thinking about it like that. And a lot of the stuff we think is required, it really, it doesn't even, you know, and I always tell my clients, like someone could sell you either way. I could sit here and convince you why doing short stories or less posts or smaller pitches or whatever is more effective. And then someone else could come on the podcast and convince you why X, Y, Z is the way to go. Like, there's reasons behind all of it. The reasons there's reasons behind all of it is because we create those reasons to build belief. When you mm-hmm. have the belief, it works. 
it's absolutely like at the root of it, it's the belief. And, and you're a hundred percent right because in the beginning, and especially in the beginning, when you're creating your business, we do go back to the programming that we've received in those early years. Okay. How did my parents earn money? How, what was, what did I witness around me when it comes to the energy of receiving? And then I think when you start becoming aware of how powerful the mindset is, it's like, okay, my affirmation might be okay. It gets to be easy, but on another, like taking another left or another step further, it's important that when you start understanding on some level, it gets to be easier. It's then asking yourself, how can I make this decision to make it easier for myself? Yeah. Like looking at maybe the past ways that you've made decisions and you look at them and you go, okay, that maybe I overcomplicated that. Okay. I have this decision in front of me. I'm creating this sales page. How could I make this as easy as I want it to be for me? Like that was something that while I was leaning into the belief of understanding things get to flow with ease was really looking at my decision-making. Like I'll remember the first time I ever launched my program and I was umming and eyeing and umming and eyeing about how I should have clients sign up. And I was like, do I send them to book in a call with me or do I just send them to the checkout page? What do I do? And I mean, I spent days thinking about this and it was blocking me energetically until I really took a step back and I'm like, Helena, you want to make this as easily easy as you possibly can for yourself and for your clients, I'm like, send them directly to the checkout page. It's like, it like took me so long to get there, but it had like, I had to have that moment. And now of course, that's how I enroll people into my programs. But it's little things like that, that add up. And we often try to overcomplicate it because we think maybe, oh, if I don't get on a call with them first, I'm not as deserving. I'm not as worthy. And then it comes back to the mindset, doesn't it really? (laughs) It always comes back to the mindset. <laughs> 100%. And I know that you, you, I mean, when I look at you and what you've created, I would say what you've created happened in a relatively short space of time. I mean, you went to creating your six figure business and then you've gone on to create a seven figure business and you've stepped into now six figure months. So I would love to know, are you aware of some of the conscious or subconscious differences for you going from that six-figure year into a six-figure month where there are very different sets of beliefs for you surrounding that? You know, it's not even that... I don't even think it's that there's a very different beliefs. Mm. I just think it's the beliefs, like expanded might not be the word, but like with expansion behind it. Yeah, totally. Right? making the six figures in a year was such a big deal at first. Like when I hired my first coach, which was like not even six years ago, I just told her I would just want to make 5K a month. That was mine too. Yeah. I, was like, I was like, if I could just make 5K, please. <laughs> and I could just make 5K a month. And then what's funny is like, once I got towards the end of working with her, I had like, by the end of that package, because I reworked with her, I was making 8K a month. So I was Mm -hmm. on track for six figures. And then within a year of hiring her, I made, so the first year of coaching, I made 170K. And what's, and I did that like the last month of that year, I made a 40K month. I didn't keep that consistent, but that's like crazy in your first year, I feel like. And what's funny is like, at first when you hit it, it feels really good, but then it becomes like, I don't know. I was just having this conversation this morning with a client where it's like, what once felt like such a huge accomplishment, like you would be good for a life. Like I thought if I could make 5k months, like I literally was like, I wouldn't even want more. Mm-hmm. Like the same year that I had a 40k month and 179k year, all cash. The same year I said, 
who would even want to make 20K in a month? Like I couldn't (laughs) even comprehend why you would want to, not how, not what you would do with it, why you would even want to. It just sounds, I had no interest in it. Things change quick. (laughs) You know, things change for me really quick. And yeah, I guess what I'm getting to is that I honestly think sometimes when people get stuck at six figures, it's more so because they start to feel like behind and stuck, right? Like Mm -hmm. we use that word a lot when it's actually like you've grown a lot and you've expanded a lot and all you have to do is just keep doing that. Mm -hmm. But suddenly once we're there and we want more, we're like, oh, I'm stuck. I feel behind. I should be farther ahead. Like we just get negative really quickly. And Mm -hmm. then like some people listening might be like, well, I am stuck. I've, this used to be me. I am stuck. I've been stuck for a long time. I've been doing this for years. I should be farther. We'll fight for that limitation. It's like the reason you're there though, is because when you started getting negative, you you got yourself, you're never actually stuck, but you got yourself Mm -hmm. in that little loop, right? You're not going to grow being really hard on yourself. Mm. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And so what was that expansion like? Because it sounds like you've kept expanding and expanding into every level. And I love what you say, because I, don't, I agree with you. I don't think it's always a completely radically new set of beliefs. I think it's expanding on what's already there as well and stepping into a new level of that belief. Yeah. So once I made the beliefs of like, you know, I'm trying to even think, but like, you know, that I was worthy of charging what I wanted to charge which was first 3K for my package. And then it became 10K for my package. Like that was the same belief to do both. It was that I was worthy of that price point. I could help people. I could serve people. A belief of how people would view me. People would view me as worthy of that. And that people would want to pay it. It's the same belief, different number. You know, and the same thing for like the monthly numbers and and all of that. It kind of became more of what I think of as like a money game. Like going Mm. from 20 to 50 and then to 100, it wasn't really changing the beliefs. It was just like playing with different numbers. And so my story really is I had quick success that first year. And then, so 179K my first year and then 420K my second year. But then it was 403 the next, 350 the next. That was my pregnancy year. So I was stuck for three years, really. Those are all in the same ballpark, right? They were about like 20K months every month, and then a couple 50K months each year. Mm-hmm. Pretty much the same thing, right? So um, I really, I identified as stuck. Right. And a coach shifted that for me where she was, um, she basically was like, Taylor, you're not stuck. You've stabilized 20K months. Right. So different. It's so such different. a different energy. And it was <laughs> the truth because the truth was is, I could do 20K months no matter what. I could do 20K months pregnant. I could do 20K months on vacation. I could do 20K months with nothing going on. I could do 20K months when I moved. Like I had been through, I could do 20K months while stuff was going on in my family. Like I could go through anything and make a 20K month. Like I could do it without trying. I could do it with a launch. Like I was really good at it. Yeah. But I was identifying as like, something must be wrong with me. Something must be off. I'm not growing, which I had grown exponentially as a human. I just was re I really identified with stuck at 20k months. That was literally who I was. And I always like to pay attention to like, you know, a lot of us are hiring coaches, having conversations with coaches. Anytime I had talked to a coach, I have hired lots of coaches, especially in those three years. Um, every time I would reach out to one of those coaches, I would be like, I'm Taylor, I'm a business coach, and I'm stuck at 20k months. Like literally, wow. that's like my oh intro. My gosh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's how 
I talk to all these people I was looking for support from instead of I'm Taylor. I'm freaking amazing at what I do. I'm doing 20K months at least, sometimes 50. I help my clients a ton and I'm ready for the next level. Yeah. It was like, I'm stuck. I'm behind. I feel bad about myself. I'm tired. Like, you're not going to grow with that energy. Anyway, once I had the breakthrough that I was really good at making 20K months, I just kind of changed it to like 20K chunks. And mm-hmm. so I still really do create 100K months just making 20K. I just let myself Ooh. make it faster. Okay. So I when I that. even start my month, I'm not thinking like, I mean, I, I do because I know that's kind of just like, I'm happy at that level right now. Like that's what I, I know I will do it. Like, but I just bring it in in chunks, right? Like mm. even, but honestly, it's even smaller than 20 K a lot of time. Like right now I'm selling a course. It's like, I'm excited to celebrate the next sale. I'm not thinking about wanting 50 or 60 people in the program. Right. Or when I'm selling the mastermind, it's like, I'm so excited for the next person. Right. Yeah. And even with my income, it's like, okay, I'm at, let's say I'm at 80 something K for the month. Okay. I'm excited to get to 90, which like, this is true. Like right now I think I'm at like 84, right? So 90 is 6K away. That feels easy. Right. Right. Yeah. I could do it's, that today easily. Yeah. Right. Like it just is such a different, like to me still making a hundred thousand dollars feels like a lot, but making yeah. 6,000 or 20,000 doesn't. And sometimes yeah. with my clients, that number that feels really easy to them is one or two K. That's fine. Just like play with what you can get behind and don't think monthly, just think next. Like I'm ready for the next 1000. I'm ready for the next sale, the next client. Yeah. So yeah. that's my game. <laughs> no, I, I love that because I've never thought about it in terms of those chunks. But what I do think about, and I talk a lot about is what I, what I hear from that is also that you have normalized the energy around it. Because yeah. 20K is so normal for you. I'm sure even 100K months are super normal for you right now. But to get there, it's like you didn't put 100K really far out there. Like, oh my God, 100K. You just incrementally work towards it organically. It happened because for you, the energy around 20K and whatever it was that you were selling at that time felt super normal. And I think that's how we energetically bridge the gap for ourselves because people place this huge expectation, not only on money, but on themselves and what will happen in their lives when they hit that. Instead, and I even heard you saying this, I think probably about you were talking about your 100K goal in the first month. I'm like, oh, she's totally normalized it. Like it didn't feel different for you afterwards, did it? Like it felt good, but it like I I said this to my client the other day. She was like, I told her the amount that I'd made on, on Friday. And she was, she was like, how do you feel? Maybe it was my husband asking me and I'm like, I feel normal. Yeah. Like, and I, and I, and then I have to say, I'm like, doesn't mean I'm not grateful. I feel super excited, but it's just, it's normal for me to make this. Like we yeah. normalize it. And that, that kind of like diffuses that, I think, power or energy that it can have over us. Right. Yeah. It's, it's exactly the truth. It's like, it feels crazy when you set the goal, then you get behind it. And I think by the time you hit it, you kind of already knew you were going to hit it. Yes. Even yes. if it is that big, crazy goal, it's like, you see yourself getting on track for it. You see it getting closer. And then you hit a point where you just know it's going to happen because you're close enough. So by the time you hit it, and, but that's the thing too, is like by the time you hit it, you're on to the next. That's where I think we can slow down a little bit. And that's the thing I love about this like money chunk game. Yeah. <laughs> it, could use, it could use better wording, but like whatever. <laughs> we'll call it the money game. The yeah. Taylor Lee <laughs> money game. <laughs> the money game. It's like, I feel like I'm celebrating more because the other thing I realized at 20K was I wasn't celebrating at all because it felt, and people tell me this all the time, this exact wording, it felt like I was holding my breath until oh, I got to yeah. 20K because 
I had all my pride wrapped up into that too, because it was my marketing as well. So I had, I literally had to hit 20K every month or I wouldn't be consistent. Everybody would know. And also that was the amount I, I didn't need to make it, but close to. And, um, but then even once I hit 20K, because I felt stuck there, it was never a celebration hitting it. It just felt like I could breathe again and oh, relax a little yeah. bit. So, and then if I hit even the couple of months a year where I would hit more like 40 or 50, kind of felt annoying because I just knew it was going to drop back down again. So there was no celebrating anymore for those like, I I don't want to say the whole three years, but probably two and a half years of no celebrating really, you know, (gasps) and each each month got smaller. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Each each year got smaller. It was 420, 400, 350. It just was like dwindling away. It felt like, whereas now I celebrate more than ever. Like I celebrate the first payment of the month the yeah. first new sale of the month. I celebrate every client who pays their payment, which a mm-hmm. lot of people will be like, well, why do you celebrate that? They have to pay you that. No, they don't. No, they don't. And they do. And that's amazing. And I feel like every payment is a new, is like a fresh commitment. And I celebrate hitting 10 K right. Which is so far from a hundred. And then I celebrate 80 and 90 and 95 and a hundred. And even though I've done a hundred quite a few times now, it's like, I still celebrate that. So it's just, it's more fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's way more fun. For sure. And it's meant to be fun, isn't it? Like we're doing this for a reason. Like I do a money dance. Like I have my money yes. song even. Like I do a money dance and like I hit a milestone in my business. So we went out and celebrated for lunch, you know, this weekend in Malibu. And, you know, I really do praise it. I thank, I think every payment that comes through. I thank every client that pays me. Like there's an energy Good. and there's a frequency behind that. So I think it's super important. I even like, if I'm doing a launch, like I will pre-decide <laughs> what my gift to myself is going to be. <laughs> like I already decide like the energy of that before. So I went and bought myself new sunglasses this weekend at Nordstrom. So I was like, this is my Aww. gift to myself. <laughs> Good. I love that. You were like getting disappointed in me hearing the no celebrating. <laughs> yeah. I was like, uh, if I had known you during this time, I would have been sending you champagne. I would have been like reminding you, you need to celebrate. Like I am... I think it should be fun though. I really think it's, it's, we're meant to enjoy this process. Otherwise, why are we doing it? You know, uh, yeah. why you know, you're balancing your motherhood and you're balancing being pregnant, you're balancing a move and you're still showing up in your business. Why? Because I'm sure you love, love the energy behind it. Like you love your business. Yeah. And I think that like, when I look back at, at me, then it's a little sad too, because I see how hard I was on myself when actually I was killing it. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, so successful at such a young age. And the numbers that were, you know, dropping were so insignificant. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's just crazy to me to look back on that. And I, and now I see that in my clients too. Like, I just tell my clients all the time, I'm like, all these successful, amazing, world changing women are truly quite a holes to themselves very mm-hmm. often. And it's sad to see. And I know I was, I was you know, to myself all the time. And so I don't know, hopefully anyone listening to this too can like, it's weird how we often don't even think we're deserving of that praise from ourselves. You know what I mean? Like now I, I let myself be proud of myself. A lot of us just don't do that. We just don't do that. And you deserve, you deserve to be kind to yourself and you deserve to be proud of yourself. Even if you're like, brand spanking new, got your first client or haven't gotten your client yet and are scared. It's like, you're doing the type of thing that most people will not ever take the chance to do. You should be so proud of yourself. And then the women listening who are doing 10, 20, whatever, it's like, 
that's insane. You're amazing. (laughs) Pat yourself on the back more often. (laughs) 100%. Like you have, and I always like to remind my clients, like any money that flows into your business, it's like you have created that. Everything has come from within you. Like you have birthed these programs, these, like the way that you show up on your stories, the posts that you share, like everything, like you were the creator of that. That is so freaking powerful. Like it just blows my mind. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. And we talk a lot about money mindset, obviously, you know, I'm a money mindset coach and I would love to know, I know you play your money game, but I think it'd be really powerful for women to hear, like, what does money mean to you? Even the word money or the energy of money, what does that actually mean to you? Hmm. Well, that's a really good question. I feel like the first couple of things that come to mind for me are like, the first thing I was thinking of is like, energetic exchange. Like that's really all it is. That's what I teach. Like the question, what should I charge? Right. Such a complicated question, but it's like, what feels like a good energetic exchange to you right now? Right. That's how it feels as I spend money. I'm, it's just an energetic exchange for someone's service or a product and vice versa when people pay me. And the other thing that came to mind too, is just like opportunity. You know, when my clients pay me, it feels like, I mean, I don't take credit for for their results, but it's like they are paying like for this opportunity to learn, to grow, to go to their next level and and that sort of thing. And as I receive more money, it creates more opportunities for me and my family as well, right? Like buying this house is something like that was always that's been a goal since I was a kid. Like buy my dream house, live in a beautiful house. It's like all I literally ever wanted. Happy family, yeah, dream house. That's it. You're so on the same page. With this. <laughs> <laughs> that's literally all I wanted. Like I remember being little and just that's all I wanted. <laughs> and now I have that, and the house is way nicer than I ever thought it would be. That's because people yeah. paid me. They, I, we created that energetic exchange, and they make more money now. And it's just, it's perfect. It's created a lot of opportunity in a lot of ways. Mm, what is that up level for you? Like buying this house? Like what does that re was there a belief it reinforces for you? Is there a feeling? Is there an energy behind it? That's because that's, that's your goal. That's your dream come true right now, evolving in front of you. It's weird because it's like, you know, how I said like, you'll, you'll do something and then you'll be like, okay, now what? Like, well, you yeah. won't be now what you'll be like on to the next. Well, now it feels like now what? Yeah. <laughs> like, I've done everything I've set out to do. I'm good for the rest of my life. I'll think of the next thing, but I kind of like being there though. Cause I feel like I'm soaking it in and it feels like it's been, it was like a divinely fast process, but it also still feels slow. Like this anticipation of getting there and it's just, it's exciting. And, um, it was such a good thing for me though, because it, it was a goal I had my whole life. Like I said, since I was a little girl, but it's been a serious goal for really since I started my business. But I would say like the last three years of like really seriously, like we want to move. I didn't even know if it would be Florida, but we want to move in this area. We Mm want to get this type of house, like whatever. This isn't even a nicer house than I thought three years ago. But this conversation I would have with my friend who I always would tell this goal to, I would be like, we're going to move in three years. We're going to move in three years. We're going to move in three years. And she's told me for three years, you've been saying that for three years. (laughs) (laughs) So three years kept moving and moving and moving. Yeah. So who knows how long it's really been, but she's like, you know, we all need one of those like psychic friends that has dreams about you and stuff. So she's that friend for me. I love her, but she's like, you've been saying, she's like, I just feel like you've been saying this for three years. And I had this dream that as soon as you start making it a now thing, it will become a now thing. My first reaction was like, well, it can't be a now thing because this and this and this and this and this. But once I made it a now thing, 
it really helped. Well, you know, one of the biggest reasons it couldn't be a now thing is like, well, you know, we don't have the money put together yet and all our money is going here and da da da. Once I made it a now thing, which meant like, okay, we're really like just accepting it in my mind and then looking at like, it's a million dollar house, right? So it's like, well, how do you even need to buy a million dollar house? I had no clue at all. Like, what do you, how does that even work? Am I even able to? Like, will I be too young? Like, what do you need to buy a million dollar house? <laughs> I started calling people and asking and researching and reading and figuring out what our credit needed to be and what down payment mm-hmm. we needed. And then there's closing costs. And a lot of people probably already know all this. I had no clue how to buy a house. And so then I opened like a high yield savings, right? Because I knew it was going to be a little while to save that money. And so I put it all in there and I start building up the savings. And as I'm building that savings, these savings accounts are growing and my checking account is growing because I finally had a reason to make more. Mm. Making 100K a month, you're going to have a lot of extra money. And if I'm not a believer in like every penny needs a purpose because I usually figure out the purpose as I go. I think that's fine. But if you if your bills are 5K a month or 10K a month, it's going to be kind of hard to open up to the fact that you really need 100K a month. But once I was really actually getting in the mode for this house, it was like, no, actually I do because I want to save for it as soon as possible. And I know I'm going to even like now it's like we bought this house and I still want to renovate the whole thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> of course. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? So it's just, it really opened me up to overflow and saving and building a big savings account. And by the time it came to pay for it. So I went to the bank, I have to make this big transfer. Like my husband made a transfer, but I had to make like a, cause up until this, we literally just today put our bank accounts together and like, we're finally doing that after years, but we like have all been separate. But anyway, I was making this like 200 and something thousand dollar transfer mm-hmm. out of my account. And I thought that that was going to be really hard. Like just in my mind, I was like, that's got to feel weird. It's got to feel weird to let go of that money. Cause I felt weird letting go of 10 or 20,000. Right. And I did it and it didn't feel weird at all because I had intentionally saved the money for Mm. that purpose in a separate account in its own little home. And I also had saved money for all the other things that letting go of that money just felt, it it felt badass. That was it. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't feel like anything. It just felt oddly normal. I never thought I'd have a day where I spent 200 and something thousand dollars cash ever. And I did. That was cool. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that is an amazing moment for you to be very, very proud of yourself for. And it comes back to the energy of you normalizing it. Yeah. That's amazing. I I, I do the same thing. Like I even name the bank account what we're saving yeah. for. It was called Million Dollar Home. I had to go. There this- you go, girl. <laughs> it was in a it was in a um high yield account so that you can't, at least the way mine was, you can't really like spend out of it. So I had to transfer it to my checking account mm-hmm. when I before I went to the bank. So I call the high yield people. And um, I tell them I need to transfer this money. And the guy's like, I'm guessing it's from the account called Million Dollar Home. <laughs> I was like a little embarrassed, but I was like, yep, yeah, that's it. He's like, wow, congratulations. You did it. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you probably inspired him so freaking much. I love that. I have, I have every single bank account I have has a different name. Like one of them says, I am abundant. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not? And so I've been in the bank and the bank teller is like, like, she, like I'm saving to have a baby. I'm not pregnant, but I had it named like our baby fund, like all of these different things. And she was like going through all the names of my bank accounts. And she was like, oh my God, I love this. Like you're inspiring me. So you never know like who's inspired by our crazy witness. <laughs> oh my God. Too funny. I love that. 
<laughs> so, okay. We've talked about the energy of money. We've talked about the simplification of your life. We've talked about you stepping powerfully into the role of motherhood and being a seven-figure woman. What are some of Taylor's non-negotiables, like your boundaries when you are like starting out your day or your week or your month when you are balancing all of those things? Because I think we need to all as women talk about it's okay having boundaries. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is such a good question. I mean, on one hand, I don't do like a typical morning routine like a lot of people teach. Because like, right. not that I, if I really wanted to and felt like it would make a huge difference, I could. I don't want to say I can't. But as a mom, it's nice to just go with the flow. Like my mornings literally look like I wake up when she wakes up. I get her out of her crib. I bring her into my bed. She has her milk. We snuggle. We watch TV for however long we want. Like we just get to things when we get to them. I do have a nanny, which makes a huge difference. And for that, it's like, I don't want to be working 40 hours a week. Like, you know what I mean? I love having the nanny because then my baby is here all day. Yeah. I can go snuggle her when I want. I can go sit out there and work if I want. Like that's really, really nice. But then also like, I just make sure I have the time. Like this was hard at first was at first I, I had a nanny for way less time. Now it's like 25 hours a week. I still don't even think it's that much, but, um, it is in a lot of ways. But anyway, at first I only gave myself like 10 and then 12 and then 15. Cause I'm like, I can get it all done. And then I can work when she naps and I can work when she's asleep and I can work when she's, you know, doing this or like, instead of being like, no, I need a nanny so I can get all my work done mm-hmm. and I can take care of me. So like I get my hair done. I do my, I get my nails done. I get pedicures. I get massages. I go to the chiropractor. Yes. Like naturopath, <laughs> go to my doctors. Like Personally, I don't want to take my baby to those things. I want to have my baby when I'm not working, super present. We can play, we play every day. We go on walks, we snuggle and watch TV together. We eat our meals together. Like to me, that's such a non-negotiable. And the truth is, I don't think I was made to be a full-time mom. (laughs) Like I think I'm an amazing mom and I have, I think I'm the perfect mom for her. She's a perfect baby for me, but I just can't do it. (laughs) Like. Yeah, I just can't do it. It's really hard. And my friend, speaking of the move, texted me the other day and she's like, I was just thinking, why don't you, because I'm flying with Ruby at the end of the week. My husband's driving down with the dogs. (laughs) (laughs) He got the fun, he got the fun part. Juggling act. (laughs) Yeah. So my friend's like, why don't you and Ruby just fly down earlier? Cause that house is furnished and everything. And I'm like, that would mean that I would have to solo parent all week and work and I'm not cut out for that. She's like, yeah, never mm. mind. <laughs> mm. So yeah. that's the thing though, is when I first had her though, I wasn't planning on getting a nanny at least for like years, like a few years. And I was like, don't, I don't want it. I don't need it. I don't need help. I would barely let my husband help. Like wow. everything was on me. Like, but it was me. It was my fault. It was like, nope, you can't help. I'm the one breastfeeding. You can't help. I'm the mom. Like, I didn't want family here very much. Like I just didn't let in help. And then eventually I had to. And now I'm like, my mindset is truly like, I will take all the help I can get. Mm, You want to help with that? Help with that. You want to come watch her this day? You come watch her this day, right? Like if family offers, I'm like, yep, you can watch her. Yep. We'll take a date Mm. night. Like, and even in my business too, it's like, okay, do I need more support? Yes. (laughs) Just take all the help that you can get. And sometimes too, what nourishes me and fills me up is, obviously time with her, which is precious and like mm-hmm. amazing. But I just need that to be time when my cup is full, my work is taken care of, and we can have really present time where I'm not thinking about all that stuff. 
Yeah. And by doing that, you get to show up not just as a better mother and more present mother, but also more present in your business because you are creating those boundaries and those rituals and self-care musts for yourself. And I think it's so, it's just, I'm so glad that you said that because how many women walk around going, I have to put everyone else before me and I come last. And I just think it's amazingly powerful you to say, yep, I have a nanny. Yep. I've simplified things. Yep. I asked for help. Yep. I put myself first because we need more of this. Like we really do. And I just think, thank you for sharing that and being so open and honest about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, I know not everybody in this moment can get a nanny for 25 hours a week or whatever, but like, I also know for me, the reason I didn't sooner or get any type of help sooner, like I didn't even have cleaners at that point because we had just moved and I was like, it's, I can clean this whole house. It's fine. Like I just took everything oh, on. Like, I'm exhausted listening to that. Mom guilt, <laughs> mom guilt came out of nowhere and hit me like a train. Like it was insane. So anyway, but it was all mom guilt and shame. And I had to prove that I, I literally felt like that a lot. Like I have to prove that I can be a good mom. I have to prove that I can do this. When it's like, no, <laughs> you don't. You are yeah. a mom. Now you just figure out how to be a mom in the way that works best for you. And I quickly had built up resentment because when you're exhausted and not taking care of your, like, I literally would like cry of relief in the shower. Like, oh, like, thank God for five minutes. Like a lot of moms go through that. Right. And it's like, that's not worth it. I'd rather yeah. be like so happy with my partner and my baby and my life and like all the things. Like I would be annoyed at my dogs. Like, <laughs> get help. Don't have resentment. Let go of the mom guilt. Yeah. That's why I share yeah. it transparently, even though in the back of my mind, I'm like, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> no, please. Like, I could I could almost feel you like almost wanting in the tone of your voice to apologize when you said I have a nanny. I'm like, that's amazing. No, yeah. like, we need let's we need to hear this because not only do we need to hear this, it's like somebody could look at you and your stories and on your social media and think, how does she do it all? I can't do it all. And then yeah. they start beating themselves up. But actually, no, let's be transparent, let's be open. Like I have help. I ask for help. I'm deserving of help. Oh, and then it gives permission to somebody else to know. It gives permission to even me to know when that season comes, ask for as much help as I possibly can. Take so, all the help. <laughs> yes. So is there something different? I want a couple more questions and then I will let you go back to your beautiful, amazing life. What is different about this pregnancy? Like you're in a, another season of change. Is there something different I, in this well, I'm not bringing all the fear into this pregnancy. I feel mm -hmm. like the last one was just, first there was like, because of the miscarriage, there was a lot of like, I need to, yeah. I want to prove that I'm like womanly enough. I can do this. I can carry a baby, like stuff, which is so, a lot of women struggle with fertility and, and that type of stuff. Like I, I know that and, and I've been there and it's like, you literally that early on, you start feeling like you have to prove yourself, right? And anything that goes wrong, is like showing that you're not, fit for that, which is not, mm. but it feels like that. So just a lot of that. And like I said, a lot of the fear, I'm killing it this time. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> <Yes>. I'm just <laughs> trusting fully. Like I can handle it. I can handle it. And by I can handle it doesn't mean like, okay, if it gets really bad, then I'll, I'll just deal with it and I'll be fine. It's like, no, if I need a break, I'll tell my clients I need a break. Right. As I'm enrolling people in my mastermind now, I'm like, and when the baby comes, which is probably around this time, but who knows, like I'm not scheduling a maternity leave. It's like when I have that baby, I'm taking a maternity leave for an unset amount of time. And then it will be added to the end of your program. Ugh. 
That's it. Yes, it's like that, that simple. Whereas before I was like, I don't know how I'm going to handle it. I don't know how much time I need off. I don't even know when the baby's going to come. It's like, go with mm. the flow, especially us that work with women, which even if you work with men, this can be the case too, but it's so easy with women. They're going to be so happy for you. Like last time the clients I did have, they were so happy. They wanted me to take even longer off. They were so supportive. They weren't worried in the slightest. Like it was all me. So that's mm. what I mean by I can handle it. It's like, I can handle it as in like, if I need time, I'll take time. If a client, mm-hmm. if I have to adjust a client's program because I needed to adjust my life, we'll do it. Like it'll all work out and be perfect. It'll all be fine. And odds are it's all going to be really easy and perfect anyway. And mm-hmm. I have help with the baby and I will, once we move, I'm not doing that whole, I can clean this whole house and take <laughs> care of every, I'm getting help ASAP. <laughs> yes. I love that. I love that. Love that. Love that so much. Final question. I feel like they already have all of these truth bombs from every single thing that you've said, but is there one thing or something that you wish more women knew, more women knew about themselves maybe? Oh man. I feel like the thing for me lately, which is very aligned with this episode, but even still I have stuff coming up that I have to shift is realizing that everything that comes up that limits you is just a perceived limitation. There's always a different Mm -hmm. perspective there's always a solution, right? It's just taking a step back. I'm very emotional. So I know what it's like to be caught up in your emotions. I'm also stubborn. So I also know what it's like to just want to be right, to be right. Even if it means you're mad or sad or whatever, take a step back from that. If you feel after you feel your emotions and then just look for the solution, ask for help, choose a different belief. Just know that you are truly meant to have what you desire. And there is always a way for that to work out. I love that. There is always a way for it to work out and to work out for your highest good. Yes. And that it keeps, it can keep getting better and better as well. Like just absolutely all of that. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much for being so honest and so transparent. Like I needed to hear so many of the things that you've mentioned. So where can our amazing listeners go and find out more about you and connect with you? Yeah. So the best places to come hang out with me are Instagram which is at underscore the Taylor Lee. And then the other place, you're probably already on a podcast app right now, is my podcast, Fully Free with Taylor Lee. Fully Free with Taylor Lee. That is an amazing title. (laughs) Love it, love it. And we would love that. I mean, there's been so many takeaways from this episode. So we would love it if you could screenshot that you're listening to it. Go tag us both, me at girl underscore unfiltered and you at Taylor Lee. And like, tell us what your favorite takeaway was. What were your, what was your aha moment from this episode? Because we love hearing that. And we love knowing that you've taken a golden nugget from this conversation. So thank you to you, Taylor. And thank you to our amazing listeners for joining us in this conversation. If you loved today's episode, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes and hit the subscribe button because women supporting women is my jam. And if you want extra daily doses of motivation, then be sure to follow me on Instagram at girl underscore unfiltered and go ahead and screenshot this episode. Send me a DM and share your biggest takeaway because I love hearing from you and I just really want to drop into your DMs basically. (laughs) So I'm sending you so much love and abundance and have an amazing day. Thank you.